is that Crossroads will be the place where thousands of outsiders will be invited to experience a changed life. Crossroads. It's week three of this series. We're about to go all in again. Are you guys ready to do this? Are you ready? Let's go now. Let's go. Uh, we are celebrating changed lives. You guys, in every service, at every one of our campuses today, people have made the decision to be baptized. We're celebrating changed lives everywhere today. How amazing is that? Because that's the ultimate celebration of God transforming someone's life, and I couldn't be more thrilled to celebrate uh, Change Lives right here today. It's going to be a great finish to this service today, and honestly, that's what it's all about. I really, truly believe that here at Crossroads, we are uniquely positioned to be that church in our community that offers the hope of Jesus to every single person who walks through the doors. And as we engage in this season of generosity and as we dive into this concept of being all in when it comes to our finances, I know some of you are going, oh, Tim's still talking about money. I get it. It's awkward. Nobody likes to talk about it. And yet the reality is it's important because it's a matter of our heart. And I think that when we recognize the reality that, man, God doesn't want something from you, he wants something for you, and that he really does, he, he cares about your heart. He doesn't care about your money, he cares about your heart. That's where this all starts, that's where this journey begins. It's us stepping out in faith, it's saying, Jesus, I will follow you. That means I'm stepping out of my comfort zone, recognizing that that's the area in life where I experience growth. It's realizing that I need to trust Jesus with every part of my life, not just my finances, and that when I'm willing to step out in faith and put my trust in him, those are the moments where I see he is faithful, he does provide, he is right there with me. And these are parts of the journey that I want all of us to be experiencing together because I, I really truly believe that if all of us go all in here at Crossroads, that this is a unique time for, for us as a church where we do have an unbelievable opportunity to make a difference for the kingdom, inviting thousands of outsiders each and every week to a changed life. That's something that I want to be a part of. And if you've got this booklet, you've seen a little bit about the vision about where we're going. Uh, the reality is this is a place where we celebrate changed lives. Uh, today we've got about 15 people being baptized. Did you know that since 2014, 827 people have been baptized here at Crossroads? It's unbelievable. 827 people. That just speaks to the fact that God is alive. He is moving. He is working. And we are able to celebrate that kind of change. And I, I truly believe that if all of us say we're going all in, that if together we can get to this place where we're willing to commit and say, God, I'm going to take a next step in my generosity, that our greatest days are right in front of us. Guys, we're wanting to invest in our future. We're wanting to invest in all the people that have joined us all over the place, online. Did you know we have hundreds of families right now joining us every single week at our online campus? Let's give a shout out to everyone joining us online today. There are people that are connecting with God at our online campus. We want to invest in that. 
Uh, we have thousands of households every week that uh, watch Crossroads on television. I mean, who knew? Uh, we had a, a teenager show up at one of our youth events last week, and Dustin said, how did you hear about us? And he said, I saw the, the announcement for it on the TV show. We're going, what? Is that real life? Okay, then it's working. We want to invest in these platforms, increase our influence moving forward, and again, invite as many people as we can to a changed life. We, we want to invest in the leaders of the next generation. Uh, our goal is to develop a residency program right here at Crossroads that will raise the next level of leaders, that will launch our new campuses and, and be the leaders of our new ministries that we're starting here. If I'm being honest with you, I believe that the revival for the church uh, that we desperately need, I believe it's going to happen uh, in the generation right now that's about to emerge. I'd call it ages 14 to 22. I think, I think that's our generation right now that we need to be pouring into and investing in because I think that's where the revival happens. And so we want to invest in these leaders of the next generation and get excited about where that goes. And so I just want to invite you to be thinking about what is it that God's speaking to you. Two weeks from today, October 10th, we're going to be having our Commitment Sunday. And the response is going to be all of us turning in our commitment, that next step of generosity that we feel like God is calling us to. And I just ask that question again. What would it look like if all of us were all in? What could God do right here at Crossroads? And I just want you to be thinking about and praying about what's that uncomfortable step that God's asking you to make? And let's do this. Let's look forward to being part of our best days at Crossroads and celebrating all the lives that will be changed because we make this commitment, all right? Uh, now, I want to dive in today. Matthew 16 is where we're starting. It's also where we're ending. So don't forget this. It's important, okay? Matthew 16, uh, Jesus says this. It says, Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. This is getting out of your comfort zone. This is getting yourself in a place where you can grow. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. That's us trusting Jesus. And we talked about this in the first week of this series. There's a version of this story in the book of Luke, and that's what we read but in Matthew, Jesus continues. You, you hear the rest of the story, and it makes you think. Because in verse 26, Jesus says, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? I mean, he's putting everything in perspective right there. Jesus is saying, hey, your soul is what matters more than anything else. You, you can make it the goal of your life to acquire every single thing that you can, but all of that is temporary. It's, it's here today, it is gone tomorrow, and you cannot take that with you. you. You've got to be focusing your life on eternity, making sure you're investing in something that really matters. And I think that the trap that we fall into in our culture today is that it's, it's everything that all of the marketing campaigns and all the ads dangle in front of us, everything that glitters, everything that shines, we just want to consume more and more. And we end up prioritizing things in our lives that are just temporary. And the reality is, I mean, you used to see the bumper stickers all around, he who dies with the most toys wins, right? I mean, the reality is he who dies with the most toys still dies, okay? And, and you can't take that with you. Uh, I love the pictures that you see on the internet from time to time. It's the hearse and it's pulling the U-Haul. Here's one of those, a classic picture. It's like, I don't think that accurately describes, you know, how it ends for us. I don't really think you can take whatever's in the U-Haul with you. I don't think that really makes sense. And yet, if you look at how we live our lives, it would seem that that's what we're planning for. And I want to make sure today that 
that we as a church are focused on living our lives in a way that we are investing in eternity, that we're investing our time, this precious time that God has given us in things that matter. I, I've referenced this before. If you've come to Crossroads for a while, you've heard me say this, but when I was growing up, every time we'd go visit my grandpa, uh, I would always come away with a story because he was an eccentric guy, all right? He was just kind of a different guy. But in his garage, as you would walk into their house from the door that connected to their garage, there was a little sign that was framed and it was just kind of set up right by the door so he would see that every time he walked into his house. And it just simply said, our time on earth will soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. And even just visiting my grandparents' house from time to time growing up, I saw that sign. I remembered those words. That, that phrase has stuck with me my whole life. And that was important enough to my grandpa that he put that right there where he would see that every day because it kept him focused. My time on earth, it will soon be past. We don't like to think about that, but we have a limited amount of time to live on planet earth. And only what's done for Christ will last. When I take my last breath here on this planet and I'm standing before God, the only thing that really matters are the things that I invested in that had eternal value. And we would do ourselves a favor by thinking about that and living each day with that in mind. My grandpa, he was eccentric, all right? Make no mistake. Uh, every time we would visit him, I'd always have questions because I'd see things that didn't make sense. You know, as like an eight-year-old boy, I'm going, Grandpa, why are all of the trees in your yard painted white for the first five feet of the tree? And he'd say, it's to keep the, the bugs off the trees, Timmy. That's what he'd always call me. Don't, don't. Just, that, that, that's what he would call me. Um, it's to keep the bugs off the trees, Timmy. And then I'd look, and there's like 17 ants crawling on the white paint. I'm like, but Grandpa, I, never mind. It's, it's fine. Uh, my grandpa's also the only person I know, on, you know in the history of planet Earth. If you know of someone else, I'd love to hear the story. He actually made his own custom garage door. I don't know if you've ever seen anyone that he made it out of wood and screen, and it was actually on these massive hinges, and it would open left to right. So when they pulled into their driveway, they had this little custom. He would get out of the car, my grandma would get out of the car, she'd get in the driver's seat, and my grandpa would go unlock all the locks that he had made, and he would swing this ginormous garage door open. It was a two-car garage, so it was like 20 feet wide. So he'd swing it open, and then my grandma would pull the car in, and then he would close it behind her, lock it, and then he had built a screen door in the middle, so he could just walk in through his garage door. I have, to this day, I have no idea why that happened or even how that happened. But in its own way, it's kind of genius, right? I, I guess, I don't know. Uh, I'll say that because he's my grandpa. He was always quirky. And the thing was, he's, he's the one. Like him and my grandma Schaefer are the ones that were always cheap. Like whenever I tell stories of getting a cheap, you know, present for Christmas, that was the guy. They'd always brag. I'd open the present and go, oh. And they'd go, it was $4. I don't think you understand, never mind. Um, <laughs> but what's crazy about my grandpa is I think, man, I think he really focused his life on that statement. Our time on earth will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. What I didn't know about my grandpa until he was far along in years until after he had passed was that as, 
as cheap as he was in giving us Christmas presents, and as odd as he was about painting his trees and making his own garage door, my grandpa and grandma, they sacrificed, they gave generously, they supported missionaries in the mission field who wouldn't have been able to go there without them contributing to that cause. They led the way in generosity in so many ways that I never even knew about until after he had passed. That guy was storing up for himself treasure in heaven. And I have so much respect for my grandpa and have so many fond memories of him because of that. I think, oh man, he, he really was. He was focusing his time on, on investing things that had eternal value. And that's meaningful. That's the kind of stuff that leaves a legacy. That's the kind of stuff that makes a difference for eternity. And I think what we have to recognize is we, we can't fall into the trap of prioritizing things in our life that have no eternal significance, that are just temporary. We can't fall into that trap. We've got to stay focused. Make sure that we're not wasting the time and the energy and the resources that God has blessed us with. It was uh, last, last summer, last fall, we had our, our best weekend ever. COVID knocked out the best week ever, but we were able to salvage best weekend ever. And it was John Hauser who made this great statement about investing in eternity that a great life, you want to live a great life? I mean, I want to live a great life. Everybody's like, you want to live a terrible life? Yeah, I would like that. I would like a terrible life. No, no, you, you want to live a great life. Well, what's the key ingredients to a great life? Well, a great life, you know, it's, it's a great investment in a great cause. You think about that. When, when I am investing, when I am giving of my resources, my time, my talent, and treasure, into a great cause, something that has meaning, something that has purpose, that, that's the ultimate fulfillment. A great life is when you are investing, giving a great investment in a great cause. And, you know, what greater cause is there than investing in the kingdom of heaven? What greater cause is there to celebrate in a changed life that's been connected with Jesus? What greater investment can you make than investing in that mission to connect people with Jesus. This is, this is the stuff of eternity. I just want you to consider what does that look like? Because it's easy to fall into that trap of making your entire life focus on things that only have temporary value. Uh, we started this series by me playing with dominoes. I decided I enjoyed that so much personally that I wanted to do it again. So if, if you don't mind, I'm going to stack these dominoes again. I got these dominoes up here. Uh, and if you missed week one, just know this, I grew up uh, my first real memories are mid-80s, late-80s, early-90s, and then uh, that was before the internet. So if you're a teenager in here today or a 20-something, I just want you to know that back in the olden days, playing with dominoes like this, boy, this was a good time. I just, it, it was so fun. And there's so much you can, you can do with dominoes. You make these trains that go through your house, and it's just fun. It is what it is. Okay, we were bored out of our minds. The good old days weren't so great, but this is what we did. And what's crazy about it is, you know, we talked about in week one that if you're missing a, a domino and you're trying to do this big thing with the domino and one's not there, you knock the first one down and nothing happens. And that's a huge letdown, right? Well, that's why it's so important that all of us are all in. If I want to be used by God, if I want to live fully into the purpose and plan that he has for me, I've, I've got to put myself out there. I've got to say, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm all in. But the thing that happens that the devil does, and he's sneaky, he tricks us, is he gets us focusing on the wrong things. And so then all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm tilted the wrong way, and there's other stuff out there that I'm going for, 
but it's not really the life fully that God has called me to. And so when I'm looking at the wrong thing, the, the domino train still falls, and I still have an impact. But man, God had all of this in store for me, and I missed it because I was focusing on the wrong things. He's got all this stuff in store for us. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has in store for those who love him, which is me following him, me trusting him, me obeying him. And I'm, I'm telling you today, we've got to make sure we don't fall in that trap of prioritizing things in our life that really, at the end of the day, they're not significant. We've got to focus on things that have eternal significance and make sure we don't waste this precious time that God has given us. And, and Paul speaks to this in 1 Timothy. He's trying to mentor and bring Timothy along in his faith. And he ties all this into generosity and contentment. And I get it. We're in week three of a week five series, and we've been talking about money this whole time. We're like, Tim, would you cut it out with the money stuff already? Well, listen, here's the thing. I get that. It's awkward for me too. I know this. But it is so incredibly important that we don't miss this in our lives. How about this for a fun fact? Jesus, while he was on planet Earth, it's recorded in the Gospels, he, he spoke 38 times in parables. That's when he would tell a story, and there would be a principle that you learn about the kingdom of heaven from that story. The old school definition of a parable is it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And throughout his lifetime, recorded in the Gospels, Jesus told 38 parables, right? Well, 16 of those parables we're actually about money and how to handle your finances and your possessions. So, I mean, if you want me to stop talking about money, tell Jesus to stop talking about money, then we'll talk. <laughs> that was kind of unfair, but it was fun for me to say. But you realize that's something that gets talked about a lot in Scripture. You know, in the Bible, there's about 5,000, I'm sorry, 500 verses uh, that pertain specifically to teaching us how to pray. Uh, there's another 500 verses that speak to developing our faith and growing in our relationship with God that are very specific. And then there's 2,000 verses that are very specific, teaching us how to handle our finances, how to keep our possessions in a place where they don't overwhelm us and, and take our priorities away from where they should be. I mean, this is a theme throughout Scripture that I think we do ourselves a disservice by not circling and making sure that our hearts are in the right place. So, in 1 Timothy 6, here's what Paul writes to Timothy. He says, true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Consider what that means, true godliness. That, that means I am someone who is choosing to follow Jesus. I am intentionally doing everything I can in my life to become more like him. Well, that attitude combined with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. And this is where he says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And this is a significant verse. And I think throughout the history of, of teaching this verse, there's been a lot of things that have been misconstrued here. You can take this out of context and, and just say, money is the root of all kinds of evil. Like, ha-ha! Well, you've made something that really is, it's, it's amoral in itself. Money isn't good or evil by itself. That's not really accurate to say money is the root of all evil. Very clearly, Paul says, it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. 
You can do things that are very good with your money. You can do things that are very bad with your money. Your money can be in the right place and the right priority in your life, or it can consume you. What, what Paul is saying here, this it's so important, speaking to Timothy, he's probably saying, Timmy, pay attention here, listen up. And if he did, Timothy was like, no, don't say that. Um, he's saying, hey, guard your heart. Make sure you, you've got the right priorities, that you're not falling into this trap where our temporary stuff becomes the most important thing that our life is chasing. The love of money, that's what is the root of all evil, because your life is out of balance. And some people, he says, craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Let's, let's talk about this for a second, what that means. Let's look at this. The realization is when my life is focused on temporary things, when, when I'm all about the here and now and chasing after everything that glitters, everything that this culture, this world tells me I should be chasing after, when my life is focused on temporary things, there are some defining characteristics that you will see in that life that is consumed by getting more. And number one, it's that spirit of complaining. Complaining. Oh, complainers are the life of the party, aren't they? Don't you just love hanging around people who complain all the time? It's fantastic. No, no one likes hanging around people who complain. Why would you be complaining if you're focusing on the temporary? It's because it's not really enough. You're trying to do this on your own. God's kind of out there, and you don't really see what he's doing because you're doing it on your own. So you've got this spirit of complaint because it's never really enough. Because despite its promises, money really doesn't deliver true happiness or fulfillment. It doesn't give you your purpose for life. And so you're always chasing for more. It's empty. So you have this spirit of complaint. And then, all of a sudden, because you're on this journey by yourself, you get consumed by worry. Because it's never enough. How am I going to get where I want to go? I, I'm a little bit nervous here. So I'm complaining. I'm worried. And, and by the way, worry is just the complete absence of trusting in God to meet all of your needs. Because again, you're trying to do this all on your own. You're focused on everything that's temporary. So I'm complaining because I don't have enough. I'm worried because I'm not sure how I'm going to do this on my own. And that just leads to greed. Because every time you can get your hands on anything, you're going to hoard it and bring it in because I need all of this. I don't have enough and I'm worried. And when you're greedy and you still don't have enough, what do you do? You start complaining even more and it creates this circle that's just really not the place where God created us to live. That's what happens when my life is focused on temporary things, complaint, worry, greed, all over and over again. And in 1 Timothy 6, Paul continues on. He says, you got to guard your heart. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It can lead you nowhere good. He continues on. He says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. What are you putting your trust in? Are you putting your trust in God? Are you focusing on the eternal? Are you putting your trust in money? He says their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. Again, this is completely counterintuitive. This is not the message that our culture teaches us about our money. Be generous. No, I'm, I'm going to be greedy. This is all about getting more. This is how we break that cycle. That's how we keep money in the right place in our hearts and in our lives. 
That's how we not prioritize the things that are temporary over the things that are eternal. And what's, what's interesting is that when you see a life that is focused on eternity, you see different characteristics and traits emerge. The life that's focused on eternity is marked by thankfulness because I'm focusing on Jesus. I'm focusing on the ways that he has blessed me. When I'm focusing on the eternal, I'm realizing at the end of the day, no matter what happens, whether it's a good day or a bad day, whether I get a raise or I get fired, whether the stock market soars or tanks, at the end of the day, I am dearly and deeply loved by God. Man, he has forgiven me. He has set me free. I have been blessed beyond what I deserve. There, there is always, always something to be thankful for. I would encourage you today that if you fall into that spirit of complaint, stop, count your blessings, because you have more to be thankful for than you, than you think you do. Never forget what God has done for you. So when I'm focused on eternity, I'm, I'm thankful because, man, I'm a child of God. I'm dearly and deeply loved. And then there's this idea that it leads to contentment, which is practicing confident reliance on God. Now compare that to the idea of being worried all the time where I can't trust God, I don't think he'll provide, I don't think he's faithful, I have to do this on my own, and so I'm consumed by that. The other phase of this is, boy, I'm thankful God is, God is good, I'm blessed, he's with me. Well, now I'm content because I know that God will supply my need. And time and time again as I've given, I've seen that he's faithful and I know that he is with me. Thankfulness, contentment, knowing that I can rely on Jesus and then it's that final step, it leads to generosity. Because if I know that I'm blessed, God's with me, I can count on God, then I hold loosely what he's given me. I bless others with what he's blessed me with. And then when I see God show up, when I see him do things that are incredible in my life, that blesses me and blesses others, I have even more to be thankful for. So now I've got another reinforcing circle, thankfulness, contentment, generosity. God moves, God shows up, I'm thankful again. And that's the life that you see when you are focused on things that are eternal. It's way different. I can be consumed by that spirit of complaint, worry, and greed. I can let that rule my life because I'm focusing on temporary things. Or I can choose to focus on the eternal and be overwhelmed with thankfulness for all that God has done for me, to be truly content because he will supply my needs, and to live generously and be amazed at how God shows up and what he does. It's two different worlds. And he's, he's challenging us to guard our hearts and to make sure that we live with the right things in the right uh, spots, that we're balanced and have the right priorities. The passage of Scripture in 1 Timothy 6 finishes with Paul saying this, By doing this, by leading with generosity, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. And, and that's the kicker. That, that's what God wants for each and every one of us. He wants us to be experiencing life to the full. I mean, I go to this verse all the time because it's changed my life. John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Every path that this world calls us to go down to, every trap that the devil sets for us, that's the intent. Steal our joy, kill our spirit, destroy our soul. That's what the devil wants to do. And Jesus says, no, I'm not having anything to do with that. The devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy, not me. I've come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. And there's two different tracks of life. When I'm consumed by my own greed, when I'm focused on the temporary, it doesn't lead where I think it's going to lead. But when I allow myself to be thankful for what God has done, to be content, recognizing God's going to supply my need. He's faithful. 
When I choose to live generously, that's when he shows up. That's when he does things that are incredible. That's where I experience true life. And I don't want us to miss out on that. I don't want us to forget that God is right here. And that when I keep him first in my life, that changes everything. So I just want to ask you today, what, what are you investing in? And that, that phrase in my grandpa's garage has stuck with me all these years. Our, our time on earth will soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. That's just as true today as it was all those years ago when I was hanging out in my grandpa's garage. We have to be focusing on eternity. We can't fritter away this time that God has given us. We can't play games with our soul. I want to end with this verse where we started. Jesus saying in Matthew 16, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross. Follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. you got to trust me. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? I think at the end of the day, we have to realize that if I want to invest in eternity, then God needs to be the highest priority in my life. And I think that's the progression of this journey that we're on here as we walk through this all-in season. Number one, God wants me to follow him. i got to step out of my comfort zone. That's where I grow. God wants me to trust him. And what's amazing about the, tr the trust step is that God shows up. When he promises something in my life, he's faithful. He, he will meet that promise. He shows up. And he wants us to trust him. And what we're learning today is that God wants to be the highest priority in our lives. That's how we store up treasures for eternity. That's how we stay focused on things that, that really matter. And so when it comes to our generosity, I just want to close by asking this question. What is the next step of generosity that God's asking you to take? I'm not going to lie. In two weeks, we're doing this, this moment of commitment. It's two weeks from today. And I think this is a game changer for us. If we're all willing to just take a next step in generosity and prioritize the things of heaven, to let go of some of the stuff that we hold on to, I just really want to encourage you today to think about what is that next step that God's asking you to take? What, what's he wanting you to do? Because we have an impact. We have an opportunity right now to invest in eternity, to make a difference in our community. And it just comes back to that question, what would happen if all of us were all in? What would that look like? Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? I just want you to take a moment to draw close to Jesus just think about what it is in your life. What's that next step of generosity that God's asking you to take? Generosity is such an important topic because it keeps my heart aligned with the things of God. It keeps my, my priorities in balance. It helps me make sure that Jesus really truly is the highest priority in my life. It helps me make sure I'm making the most of this time that God has given me on planet Earth. And I just want to remind you today, and you are dearly and deeply loved by God. You have so much to be thankful for. We serve a God who loves us like crazy, who has forgiven us, who sets us free. He supplies everything that we need. He just asks us to trust him. He asks us to put him first. What does that look like in your life? 
What would it look like if all of us were all in? Jesus, I thank you today for who you are, for the way that you love us, for the way that you're speaking to our hearts and drawing us closer to you. And I just ask God that you would help all of us right now in this moment to just be willing to listen to your voice, to not hold on too tightly to the things of this world that can distract us and create traps for us to get swallowed up in. I, I ask God that you help us to stay focused on you. Because you are the author, you are the perfecter of our faith, you are the one who for the joy before you, the joy, took on the suffering and the shame of the cross so we could be forgiven, so we could be set free. That is the depth of the love that you have for us. So God, help us to keep you first, keep you the highest priority in our lives, to focus on you, not be blinded by the things of this world. God, work in us and work through of us. Help us to live life to the full. We love you. We thank you and we praise you today. And we pray this in your name. Amen.